please turn with me this morning to Romans uh, chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, verse 5. To him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Well, friends, we're looking at the answer to an age-old question to this morning. And that age-old question, that question that's been asked from time immemorial, is how can a man be just with God? How can a sinner, a fallen sinner like ourselves, be just and right with a God who is holy and righteous and cannot stand sin? Sin cannot enter into his presence. He cannot bear it. He will consume it because of his holiness. How then, Job asked such a long time ago, how can a man be just with God? Thousands of years later, since that question was posed, we're still asking that question. And it's still a relevant question for our, our day. How can a sinner, how can people like you and me be accepted by God, who is holy and righteous? Well, friends, this is the most important question you could ever ask yourself. How can I, a sinner, be just and accepted with God? And uh, it's relevant not just for few. This is not just a theological question to be discussed in colleges and in theological colleges and seminaries. This is a message that all of us want to know the answer to. We all uh, need to know uh, the answer. And we're going to sum it up, really, uh, the answer in just one word, and which is our topic for today, and that's justification. Justification, it's a big word, but uh, we'll go into it in a little, little bit more detail. But I hope, friends, that as we talk about these things this morning and go into it and study it, I really hope that you will see it clearly. I really hope that a penny will drop for you, if it hasn't already, what justification is. Because it's such a wonderful doctrine. If you're a believer and you don't uh, know what this means for you, well, you're losing out. You're losing out in a tremendous way on, what, on God's blessing uh, for uh, your life. You're probably uh, being a bit too ruffled by things in life because you're unaware of this particular doctrine. And perhaps you're a little bit more distraught spiritually than perhaps you ought, you'd ought to be if you had a firmer hold on this particular doctrine. Oh, friends, uh, justification, how God has devised a way for sinners to be accepted in his presence, for sinners to be considered righteous before him, accepted by him, blessed by him. This is something that God has done. And not only just received into your, his presence, but also treated as if they have never sinned. That's the heart of justification, that through Christ, by grace, we are considered as uh, people who have never sinned and who are actually deserving of all the spiritual blessings that come from the Lord, as if we are deserving of going to heaven. It's unbelievable, isn't it? If it wasn't written in Scripture, we, would, we wouldn't believe it. But it's, that's what justification is. Because of Christ, uh, we are given, as it were, it's as if we've earned our ticket to heaven. We haven't, 
We haven't really, but uh, the way that justification works through Christ, because of Christ, as we'll see, it's as if we have uh, earned it. Well, justification, this is the next stage in this golden chain of salvation that we're looking at, the order of salvation. We've seen uh, effectual calling, we've talked about that, and how it's interlinked, uh, especially with regeneration, that uh, planting of new life uh, by God in the soul, and how that leads in, over a period, a prolonged period of time to re conversion and repentance and faith, which is what we considered last week. And now we come to the next stage, which is justification. And this is the time when the baby comes to birth. You remember the analogy that we've been using of a, a normal a birth. Conception, that's the, uh, a, a, a birth begins with conception, then you have that period of gestation, and then you have the, the time of the actual birth when the baby comes and is conscious of life and so on, and goes on. Well, in the spiritual realm, it's something similar. In the conversion, you have God in regeneration, planting new life in the soul, which wasn't there before. And then over a period of time, that person becomes more aware of his lost estate. He begins to be convicted about his sin, and he begins to seek the Lord as he never did before, and to seek for salvation until eventually he does repent. He falls to his knees before God, and he repents and puts his trust in the Savior. And at that moment, at that moment, when he does it truly before God, uh, God, that's when justification takes place. That's when he becomes conscious that he is born again. That's when the new birth uh, takes place and he becomes aware that he's a different person. He becomes aware of, the, of help when he's in prayer and the word of God becomes more alive to him and he begins to understand it in a, in a better way and he begins to love even more the fellowship of God's people and the other people notice as well he's changed. He becomes conscious not only to himself but to others also She's not the same person that she was before. He's not the same person as he was before. They've, they've changed. They're different people. Well, that's, this conscious thing happens uh, immediately, friends. There's an instantaneous, uh, instantaneous work of God. The moment a person truly repents before God and trusts in Christ, God the Father in heaven declares that person righteous. And uh, the, the, uh, the blessings of that new birth are then conveyed to that particular person in life. It's an instantaneous uh, thing. The moment a person cries, Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry for my sins. I trust in Christ to take away those sins. I, I repent. I'm, I yield my life over to, to you, Lord. Save my soul. That very instant, God pronounces and declares that person righteous and that change becomes evident. Well, friends, this is what we're looking at. Justification. Justification by grace through faith. This doctrine is what makes Christianity so unique. This is what distinguishes us from all the other religions that are out there. This is what uh, makes us stand out from all the other religions. Well, in what way? Well, all the other religions will tell you, 
You must work for your salvation. It's down to you. You've got to earn it. You've got to pray so many times a day. You've got to meditate maybe and uh, achieve some kind of spiritual uh, nirvana through meditation. Or perhaps you've got to go on a pilgrimage to some holy place. And only the emphasis is on you and what you do. Well, this Christianity of ours presents a different message. It says you can't. You can't do anything to earn your salvation. You can't do anything to find acceptance with God. Your acceptance with God is purely by grace. That means God's free favor through in Christ. Purely by grace, friends, nothing that we can do. So uh, Martin Luther said of this particular doctrine, and we'll mention a little bit more, God willing, about him later, but uh, he spoke about uh, this is the doctrine by which a church stands or falls. True church, how do you know true church? Well, this is one of the things that they preach. The doctrine of justification by faith. Well, it's a great uh, biblical word, friends, and one that all believers uh, should know the meaning of. It's also a very, it should be a very familiar word to us because we use it in our own language. We use the word uh, justification. And if you look it up in the dictionary, Basically, it means to show that something or somebody is in the right. It's that you justify yourself, you're showing yourself to be in the right. For example, something goes wrong in the government. Some individual is accused or individuals are accused of some misdemeanor in the government. And there's an uproar and people want to know and find out, well, what is all this about? And then the pressure is put on the, on the Prime Minister. You've got to set up an indi independent inquiry. So he bows down to the pressure and uh, he sets up an independent inquiry to come up and uh, ascertain what are the facts. What are the facts of uh, this particular case? And then eventually, after a time, well, you know, the results of the inquiry, uh, they come out and they will come to either one or other of the conclusions, usually. Either they will justify the, the perpetrator or they will condemn him. Either they will say he is right or he is wrong in his actions. That's the end of that inquiry. And that's a, in a similar way, that's how scripture uses the word uh, to either vindicate uh, or to condemn a person. Deuteronomy chapter 25, uh, verse 1, it tells us if there be a controversy between men and they come into judgment, that the judge Judges may judge them, then they shall, the judges shall justify the righteous and condemn the wicked. It's a, the scenario is a courtroom, and here is a, a case, uh, and the person who is righteous, well, he must be declared righteous. The judge declares uh, him righteous. The person who has done wrong, well, he must be condemned. Yeah, it's, a, it's a legal declaration. It's a verdict that comes from the judge about the particular individuals in, in, in question. It's a pronouncement that he makes whether one is righteous or whether one is guilty, condemned. Proverbs 17, verse 15, another verse. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. That's, that's again, it's a legal way of speaking. It's a forensic terms that we are thinking about here this morning. 
to justify the wicked is to say to the unrighteous person, you are righteous. And to say to the, the just person, the righteous person, you declare them guilty and unrighteous. It's a declaration. And what uh, uh, justification is also in Scripture is a, is a declaration uh, from God about a particular person, whether they are righteous or whether they are unrighteous. It's not an experience. Justification is not an experience that we go through. Justification is not something that God does in us. It is something that God declares about you, something that God pronounces about you. And because you have trust in Christ, he pronounces, if you have trust in Christ, he pronounces you righteous in his sight. He declares you uh, innocent. It's to do with our standing before God, with our status before him. So bear, bear that uh, in mind. It's not something that God does in us, but declares about us. It doesn't change you per se. It doesn't make you righteous. It, that's the work of sanctification. That's what we'll come on to in a, in a future study. Sanctification is what makes you more holy. That's what changes you, makes you more humble, makes you more loving, makes you more thoughtful, makes you more loving for the Savior and, and other things. But justification doesn't change you, not even one iota. It's just a declaration, but what a vital, important declaration it is from God. This is where Roman Catholic teaching goes wrong. And Roman Catholic teaching teaches, well, uh, justification is God infusing grace into a person and thus making them uh, holy. And then as they use that grace, and they progress in grace, and then they become gradually more and more justified over time, depending on how they use that grace. And it's, the emphasis is again on them it's a, and on works. It's a justification by works, not by grace. But that's not how uh, biblical justification is. So friends, that's just the first thing to bring before you uh, to remember. When you're thinking about justification, Remember, it's like a legal declaration from God, a pronouncement from the Lord God that uh, you, if you trust in Christ, are righteous before him. Justification is a declaration from God that justice has nothing more to do with you. Justice will no longer condemn you. It pronounces, justice pronounces itself satisfied with respect to us if we trust in Christ. But we have to ask ourselves, isn't it, how can it be? How can it be? How can God say to sinners, you are righteous? How can God, the holy God, declare an unrighteous person, an unholy person, holy? All of us have sinned. We are all unrighteous. We are all guilty of sin. We know that. We feel that. This is our daily experience. Will God turn a blind eye to sin? Will God turn a blind eye to our sins just in order to say, oh, you believe in Jesus, so I just forgive you now? No, not at all. But the basis, friends, on which God justifies us is not our righteousness, not our works. The basis on which uh, we are, God accepts us is Christ's righteousness. That's the point. Uh, what he has done 
not we, what we have done, not what we are doing, not what we are, but what Christ has done. That's the foundation of this particular doctrine of justification, that God receives uh, people uh, on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done for them. But what has he done? What has he done? You, again, two things to bear in mind. The Bible teaches us that, well, Christ has died for our sins. You know this. Christ came into the world and he gave himself on that cruel cross at the end of his life, suffered in such tremendous agony and pain physically, but oh, the spiritual soul agony he went through on behalf of his people. He was bearing their sins. Uh, he was making an atonement for them. That's forgiveness. That's one aspect. That's one part of justification. But then there's the other part. Uh, the Bible also teaches us not only Christ died for us, but Christ also lived for us. And he lived a perfect life. From the moment he came into this world until the moment he passed away, until that whole time, those 33 years, he lived a perfectly righteous life from beginning to, to the end. He kept the law of God, those Ten Commandments, perfectly. Never broke it once, never in thought or word or deed or motive. He was perfect in, all, in each and every way. Never once did he sin. He lived that perfect, perfectly righteous life. But he wasn't just doing it for himself. He was doing it for his people. He was earning that righteousness for his people. Just as he died for his people, he was living for his people. And he was earn, er, earning a righteousness for them. It's what theologians call the active obedience of Christ. He's playing, uh, acting uh, uh, obediently, uh, taking uh, action to obey that law on their behalf. Forgiveness is referred to as the passive obedience of Christ. But friends, that's what Christ has earned for believers, uh, for all his people, a righteousness, a perfect righteousness. And that righteousness is imputed uh, to the believer. It's credited to him. It's put to his account the moment that he believes. Perhaps I could give you an illustration. You may have heard of this uh, recently, a, a man, and <laughs> he accidentally transferred 25,000 pounds into a woman's account. And he had no idea who the woman was. It was a complete stranger to, to him. Uh, but it was a pure mistake on his part. But uh, the woman was somewhat poor. Well, now she was rich. <laughs> now suddenly, this poor woman had a lot of money in her bank, and he could consider, well, she's now a rich woman. Well, he tried his best to get his money back, but failed miserably because she went and spent most of it before he could uh, get anything back. But uh, that's the similar thing what God does to us, in a sense. He, he credits to our account he credits to the account of the believer the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Yes, we have a very poor account before God, but he puts to our account that perfect righteousness of, uh, of Christ. He deposits that in your account, and he never takes it back. He does it deliberately. It's no mistake on his part. It's, it's done deliberately. And once it's given, he never asks for it back. It's yours for good. Oh, friends... And now, if a person has that in, in, their, in their account, 
Now when God looks upon that person, he sees that person as if they have kept those Ten Commandments perfectly. As if they have not broken those laws. He sees that person as one who deserves the blessings uh, that come his way. As one who has now earned the right uh, to eternal life. As one who has never sinned before. That's how God looks. Is it true? Is it really true that person has earned these things? Not at all. But he has Christ's righteousness, which has earned all these things. But that's how God looks at you when you are in Christ. He doesn't see your filthy rags. He sees the garment of righteousness with which you are clothed, Christ's righteousness. And he accepts you on that basis. And he welcomes you into his presence on that basis. God imputes Christ's righteousness to us. Oh, friends, this is wonderful. The prodigal son, do you remember we mentioned him last week? When he returned home, not only was he forgiven, but the father said to the servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. The best robe of righteousness. And then again, you could look at Zechariah chapter 3 and Joshua, the high priest, uh, he was there before the Lord, clothed in his filthy rags. And the Lord said, take away the filthy garments, that's forgiveness, and I will clothe thee with a, with a change of raiment. That's righteousness. That's what God does. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21 tells us of a double imputation. Uh, if you look at it, you'll see, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin. That is, our sin was put to Christ's account, was imputed to Christ. God treated Christ as if He had done those sins that you and I did. It was put uh, to His account, and that's why God punished Him in our place. It's as if He did our sins. He didn't, but it's as if He did. And that's why God imputed those sins and punished him in our place. But then look, the second part of the verse, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. His righteousness is credited to our account. Oh, friends, this is, this is grace, isn't it? Our sins go to him. He's treated as if he's the sinner. And his righteousness is imputed to us. And we are treated as if we have never sinned. This is justification. This is, friends, this is so marvelous. This is so wonderful. This is uh, the amazing uh, doctrine uh, that uh, is in the Scriptures. But you may say, well, that, that, is, that is lovely. That is wonderful. That's heartwarming. But I have a difficulty. There's something that's troubling in my mind. I still sin every day. What about that? How can I reconcile that? How do I account for the fact that uh, the Lord even said to us... Uh, uh, we are to pray daily, forgive me my sin, my sins, Lord. Every day we have to come before him. How do I reconcile that with this particular doctrine which says that I am complete before God and accepted and seen uh, as uh, perfect in his sight? How can I reconcile it? Because I know every day, and sadly I have to confess, I sin every day. And when I sin, I feel guilty and I feel condemned about these particular things. Sin still disturbs my peace and those, that consciousness that I have of uh, being accepted by God disappears. Oh, friends, how can we explain this? 
Well, think of it perhaps in this way. The, the penalty for your sin, the penalty for that believer's sin, the penal punishment part of it has been removed by Christ. And you will you'll never be uh, penally punished on account of it. That's, you will never be separated from God because of your sin. But even your sins as a believer, it's still your fault. It's still my fault if I sin. And that's, why, that's where the guilt comes in. The penal punishment, yes, is taken away in Christ. But the, the sense of, well, I've done wrong and I feel guilty and I'm still, because is because I'm still culpable for those particular sins. I cannot say somebody else has done it. Do you see? So uh, uh, we feel, we feel the, the guilt of sin and the distance maybe from God uh, when, when, uh, if we sin. And then there comes alongside that, that there's an urging to confess our sin uh, to the Lord. And when we do so, well, that sense of assurance returns back to us. And that's why we encourage us to do self-examination every day, to uh, admit and confess our sins to the Lord and to keep short accounts uh, with Him. This, friends, uh, is uh, how the Lord works. You mustn't think I can just, as a believer, just go and do whatever I like and uh, God will accept it and I don't need to feel guilty. We still need, uh, the, uh, we can incur God's displeasure as the Baptist Confession of Faith uh, tells us on this subject. We can incur God's displeasure, our fa- his, but his fatherly displeasure because of our particular sin. So confession is so uh, necessary. So friends, we've established that justification is a pronouncement from God and it's not based on our, our works, but on Christ's death and resurrection. And uh, it's not uh, by, uh, by works, but by grace. But then thirdly, and uh, importantly as well, all of these parts are important, how do we obtain uh, this, uh, this, uh, this justification? Through faith. Through faith. Not by works, but through faith. Ephesians 2, uh, verse 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Faith, we talked about this last week, but faith is the instrument, the hand by which you receive uh, justification. Faith focuses on Jesus Christ and rests upon him. It focuses, it sees what he has done on Calvary's cross and receives it and rests upon that work. It sees what his righteousness that has been earned for believers and it rests upon that righteousness not their own. It look, they, they throw away their own righteousness to focus on His and depend wholly and entirely on His. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's it, friends. That's how we all, uh, all saints, all down through the ages, have uh, obtained a right standing with God. Whether it was Abraham, we read of, or David in the Old Testament, or the Apostle Peter in the New, or the Apostle Paul, and all the other saints, everyone uh, who has ever come into a right relationship with God has come into it uh, in this way, being justified by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's very 
try to keep it simple uh, for us this morning, friends. But if you can remember those three points. Justification is a declaration from God the Father uh, to declare us righteous. It's not based upon our, any works of our own, but on what Christ has done. And we receive that by faith, uh, not by striving for it. Well, let me just close by a little application. If, uh, tomorrow, when you wake up, perhaps you wake up later than you should have done, or perhaps you wake up very late in the day, you haven't got time for your quiet time, you haven't, or if you do have, you just rush through your prayers, you enter in the day, you miss your train or your bus to work, you arrive at the work, you're late, you're irritable, you're moody, and you arrive back home in the same way, and you snap at your family members because you're feeling that irritable. Well, you will still need to go before the Lord. You're a believer. You still need to go before the Lord and confess your sins. But don't doubt your acceptance with God. That hasn't changed. Your acceptance with God is still there. God still accepts you because your trust is in Christ. His love for you is still the same if you are His. Then perhaps on Wednesday you manage to sort yourself out. And by Wednesday now you are a little bit more disciplined and you've got uh, the, the time on your hands and you wake up early and you have a really good time in the Word and uh, you have a really good time of prayer and you're ready for the day and uh, you go into the day and you arrive at work early and uh, people pro provoking you at work but you just smile at them and you're able to bear with their provocations and you arrive back home and you're, 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 you're full of, you're really exhausted but you know you want to help out with the washing up and your, your spouse is uh, startled, oh wow, this person, what's happened to them today? And uh, well, you go to bed and uh, you get down on your knees, well don't say, don't think friends, God, has, God is going to accept me because I've lived such a tremendous, had a, such a tremendous day. But you still think in the same way, Lord accepts me because of Christ, because of what uh, he has done. That's always our basis, whether a good day or a bad day. Well, we, we close, uh, just we have to say a little bit about Martin Luther. I wish we could say a little bit more. But Martin Luther, as you know, the great reformer. Don't mix him up with Martin Luther King uh, from the last century. We're talking about the great reformer from the 16th century. And uh, you know uh, how he discovered uh, this great doctrine of justification, or rediscovered it, we should say. You remember how before he, he did that, he tried desperately hard to get right with God. And he tried all different pilgrimages and all different uh, flagellations and fastings and prayers and living in a monastery. He went as far as you can go, humanly go, I would think, to try and earn salvation and earn a right standing with God. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He couldn't get it. The more he, he tried, the worse it became for him, the more terrified he became, the more condemned he, he felt. He just couldn't obtain it. He used to think about this righteousness of, of God as the justice of God, and he was afraid of it. And he couldn't get his head around the teaching in, in Romans, especially Romans 1, 17. And, but it was only when he was studying that, that God gave him light, and he began to see that this is righteousness 
of God is not something that you have to earn. It's something that's given to you by grace, through faith. And when he grasped that, when he realized that salvation is by grace, he was liberated, he was freed from all the condemnation and he found peace with God and acceptance with God. And you know how he went on to declare it and it became the heart, uh, one of the main doctrines that was uh, spoken of at the Reformation and declared. And how not only he, but millions and millions of people since then have been liberated from bondage to the law and to works and works salvation and have found true peace with God. Oh friends, this is a tremendous uh, work, a doctrine of God. It's been published uh, to the world. Are you still, are you liberated? Are you still trying, friends, to keep the law? You'll try till your deathbed if you're trying. Give it up and come and trust uh, in the Savior. Uh, uh, Justification uh, by God. How how does God uh, see you now? What is God's pronouncement on you now? Justified, righteous, or condemned? Oh, friends, may we trust in Christ and hear uh, that blessed voice of his saying uh, to us in our souls now and later in glory, righteous, well done, a good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Let's close by singing our final hymn, uh, number 375, Jesus, thy blood and righteousness, 375.